0: right, welcome to Yes Mother Podcast, uh, the podcast about the A&E Showbase Motel. Tonight, we will be discussing the season finale, Midnight. And I am Em. And I'm Sue. To... yes mother we uh were are back after one day so not there's probably not gonna be too much chit chat and we're going to skip what we've been watching since we didn't watch much i don't know about you i didn't watch too much besides midnight no i watched midnight and then
1: we pretty much played music the whole rest of the night cam's on a kick we have one of those like, old-timey-looking radios that records LPs onto CDs. Oh,
0: yeah, I like those. I've seen those around.
1: Yeah, And he's just been... Cam's got a huge collection of, you know, like, out-of-print reggae music. Early, early reggae music that he loves. And they're only on LP, so he's been putting them on disc and then moving them over to his iPad or iPod. So.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah,
1: so he did a few albums last night So Yeah, he's excited He loves that iPad so much Good (laughs) (laughs) So And then just before I went to bed I watched the most recent Downton Abbey On PBS.org
0: Oh, I haven't done that Yeah
1: I don't know This season just seems kind of Huh.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree
1: I mean, I don't dislike it, it's, I don't know, but I'm not, I don't know,
0: crazy about it. I haven't been crazy about Down to Abbey for a long, long time. It's interesting to watch, and I enjoy watching it, especially accompanied with Up Yours Downstairs, but it's not something I like. Like, I think I'm two episodes behind. Are <laughs> right, you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think next
1: week's the finale. Oh,
0: wow.
1: Yeah, already. And it's the one with, um...
0: Paul Giamatti's gonna be on it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I totally forgot Maybe. about that. I did too, until they mentioned the brother like the last episode I watched. They said something mm-hmm. about being in financial trouble or something.
1: Yeah, it sounds like he was caught up in the teapot dome scandal. Ah. Yeah. And Lord Grantham goes <laughs> to save him. <laughs>
0: That is very frightening. So, I know.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah, Kelly and Tom on up yours downstairs, they're just so funny when they talk about him. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so, so, anyway, yeah, that's about it. Because, yeah, it's been less than 24 hours since we recorded the last one. Yes, it has. So, all right, should we just get into the recap then? Yeah. All
0: right. Oh, that's me. Okay. Oh, no. We do feedback first. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's
1: such a new segment. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot how much I liked this episode when I was watching it last night.
0: It is really good. Yeah. I forgot too.
1: I think my very, very favorite Norma moment, isn't it? I'm sure you know what I'm talking about.
0: (laughs) I bet I do. (laughs) I just burst out laughing. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to start with some feedback from Harold, our person that leaves feedback. We should name this the Harold section.
1: (laughs) The Harold segment for now.
0: (laughs) Hi, Harold. (laughs) Gay, okay, what did we learn from this episode? We learned a lot about Sheriff Romero. He has a code, and he says what he means. He is capable. Gil's pop processors are okay, but sex slave rings are not allowed in his town. He doesn't even want their dirty money in his town. We learned a lot about Norma. What a great performance by Vera Formiga in that scene where she tells Norman about her childhood. That was like mm-hmm. the... It gotta be like the Emmy contender, right? Part. Um, did she got nominated? Did she win? I don't think so. Yeah,
1: I don't think so
0: either. But I know yeah. she. Was, she was nominated.
1: Right, she was nominated. I don't know who won, but she was up against like I think like Jessica Lang for
0: hmm. American Horror American songs. Horror
1: Story, and, yeah, some pretty good performances.
0: Okay we, okay, we learned that White Pine Bay has strange weather. It can rain cats and dogs by the school and be dry by the dogs. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> I noticed that, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, we learned not to stare longingly at Bradley while she is at a dance with her boyfriend when everyone in school knows that she cheated on him with that weirdo who just moved into town. <laughs> Yes, I think, hopefully, uh, Norman learned that also. I kept wanting to call him Freddy. Okay. Poor Emma, maybe she will give up on Norman and find true happiness with Gunner and his baked goods. (laughs) 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 And poor Miss Watson, all she wanted to do was to mentor Norman in every way that she could. What? Was that so wrong? Harold.
1: Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not wanting to mentor him, but maybe her ways of going about it. So, yeah, I was thinking about about Emma. I was like, she ought to get together with that dude. He kind of seemed to like her.
0: He did. I mean, he was cute. He might be he a little cute. bit of a pothead, but I guess that's alright for that town especially.
1: Sure. Well, and he's young. He grow out of it. Well, some people do. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs>
1: and yeah. Well, thanks for the feedback, Harold. We appreciate it.
0: Yes, thank you, and we will uh, be addressing your um, your probably the um, we'll address your phone call thing right very quick. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And. Feel free, because uh, we are doing one more podcast. We're going to be watching the original nineteen sixty Psycho movie. So, if you want to watch that, Harold, then send feedback.
0: Right. Yes, please. Mm. That would be fun. Yeah. Um. Claire Danes for Homeland won.
1: Oh, that's right. That was the year. Yeah, Homeland won like almost everything. Which I haven't seen any of, but I plan on it once it streams or something.
2: Yeah, me too.
0: Okay, well, let's get into it. All right. Um, so, the first scene is Norma walking into the police station, and she knocks on the glass window and says she needs to speak to Sheriff Romero. It is a matter of life and death. <laughs> the receptionist walks to her chair, sits down, and says, what's your name, please? Norma says, are you kidding me? Romero walks in and says, Norma Louise Bates. <laughs> I laugh
1: so hard. I did too. That just made me, oh, he just is so done with her. <laughs> and I just love how the glass window had like those little speaking holes in it. Yeah. She's just, she just puts her mouth right up to it. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard.
0: And then when she wanted to yell, she goes down all the way to the bigger yeah. slide. <laughs> Because like that. all that will help. I know. That makes no difference. <laughs> that would be one of the most fun things in the world is to work behind one of those and watch people. <laughs> watch people navigate. People, all people do it. I bet fun. they do. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I would have fun with that.
2: I would too.
0: Yeah, I've worked at a country club. I know people like Norma and just They come in, there's going to be drama. You know everything about them. Oh, (laughs) yeah. just, like, got to deal with them again. Here they come.
1: Anyone who's worked in any kind of customer service, like, face-to-face with the customer, everyone's got a Norma base. (laughs) Yes. You know? (laughs) There's always that one regular that you're like, no!
0: It's just so funny he walked in at that moment. Anyway.
1: I don't love Norma that. Louise Bates. <laughs> <laughs> I almost want to rewatch Lost now just for him.
0: I know. I am just so in love with this character so much. Especially just by the end of this episode. Yep. I am just so on board. Yep. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so Norma says they need to talk, and it cuts to Romero. And Norma in his office, and she's telling him about what Abernathy did the night before. She says he is expecting her to show up at the docks at midnight with $150,000. He asks what she said, and she says she told him she would show up because she had a gun to her neck. She says she doesn't have the money and she knows nothing about it. He thinks for a moment and says, All right, I'll take care of it. She says, So what? I'm just supposed to accept that you will take care of it? And he says, That's right, you need to trust me. She says that's hard to accept because she's supposed to show up with the money or he is going to kill her sons and her. Romero says no harm will come to them. And she has his word and she says that is comforting and he kind of nods towards the door and she leaves.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love the way he does that. (laughs) He just kind of looks at her and does a quick like, get out. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep, so... Yeah, so he just says he's gonna take care of it. I don't blame Norma for being a little bit like, okay, that's that's it then. That you know, I'm supposed to
0: just Oh trust you. For sure. And, you know, later on she sends Norman to a dance, you know, right when all this is going down. Right, right. I no, would kind no, she... of want him I mean, I don't wanna be an overprotective mom and everything like she is, but I would feel like I would have wanted to have him right there next to me.
1: I would probably want to send him away. If there's a crazy man that's starting to kill your family, you spread your family out and
0: get him out of the house, you know? I just worry too much about him not having him, like, in my sight.
1: Yeah, there's that, but I don't know. I don't know. So it's just interesting just how, because at this point, we don't know that Sheriff Romero knows more than he has let on. Right. You know, so, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. You know, I'll I'll take care of it. Just, don't worry. You know, he seems very confident.
0: <laughs> yeah, he does. And, uh, yeah, like we said, there's just a lot on uh, for her at stake. And it's just mm-hmm. interesting, uh, all the lies she's told him. And then he just totally takes everything she says and takes it very seriously. Yeah,
1: I remember thinking that my first round watching this, it's like, why does he seem so quick to believe her that she doesn't have this money? You know,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: because she has lied. That's pretty much all she's done is lie. So... Yeah, I remember thinking that was kind of interesting that he was so, all right, I'll take care of it. Like, he just totally believed her. It's like, oh, interesting. But we know why later on. Right. Um, so then it's at the high school and there's a big sign for the winter formal. Emma is standing there staring at it and Norman walks up. He says she kind of looks pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> she says she was thinking how glad she is. She doesn't have to get all dressed up and go. He says that she should go. She says no one invited her, and that doesn't help her pathetic quotient. He asks if she wants him to go with her. She says, no, that's silly. It's tragically lame. He says he'd like to. She says he is just asking her because he's her friend and feels sorry for her. And he says, well, yeah. (laughs) And she says, okay, jerk off, I'll go with you. (laughs) (laughs) So I noticed in this scene... Freddie Highmore looks so cute in this scene. I don't know what it is, like if it's the shirt he's wearing, but he just looked so cute, I thought. And I thought they looked so cute
0: together. I know. And oh, later at the dance, they were so cute. And Emma was so pretty. I know. You're just like, seriously? She's prettier than what's her face? Bradley? Yeah. I think. She's
1: I think so. I mean just as pretty if not, you know Right.
0: I guess the uh I don't know, he's fixated on Bradley plus I suppose the oxygen thing is a little off putting or whatever. Who knows? But
1: Yeah, but I don't know. Norman seems the kind of guy that could get around that. Absolutely. I, I think fixated what you said is exactly right. I think I don't think he really loves Bradley. I think it's become more like an an obsession or something. Yeah, You know.
0: Yep. He just kind of want to wring his neck a little bit. But although, then you're like, really? I want Emma to be with this crazy psycho. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) But it's hard. It's hard. It's, you forget Norman's, you know, the bad, scary, crazy guy. Because you like him.
1: You do. That's, Yeah. But yeah, they're really cute together. I like this scene. I like their little banter and yeah,
0: yeah, it was cute.
1: It was cute. Um, and the next, Dylan and Norma are in the kitchen and he's getting a cup of coffee and she picks up a plate and turns around and takes some saran wrap off and off the plate and says, "Here's some French toast." <laughs> just I don't know. She just like twirls and I I don't know. It was funny the way she did it.
0: It looked kind of like a little '50s
1: like commercial yeah (laughs) you know because he i don't know you'd have to see it i can't describe it it was funny though but um dylan looks at her suspiciously and then she tells dylan she needs a gun she asks if he can get her a gun and teach her how to shoot and he says no he asks what this is about and she tells him about abernathy and the money she tells him she told romero and all he said was that he was going to take care of it he didn't tell her his plan. <laughs> she says she thinks he is bad, like everyone else around there, and she doesn't trust him. She wants a gun so she can defend herself. He says sorry, but her and a gun is a bad idea. And she looks pretty hurt. She, I was expecting her to go off and do the typical Norman, like, fine then, you know, yeah. <laughs> like throw the French toast across the room,
0: <laughs> put it on the floor and stomp on it. <laughs> but she
1: instead she just kind of looks like her feelings got hurt. Um but
0: he's 100% right.
1: Absolutely. Oh yeah, she she's not the most stable person. Mm, no. And um but I don't know. I don't she's got a point about how she's got every right to think that Romero is bad just like everyone else. I don't blame her.
0: Oh, Uh, yeah. We're kind of led down that road a little bit. Just, I don't know. I don't think I ever fully believed he was. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah. But, yeah, there's definitely an air of Izzy or he?
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. So, poor Norma. She's in a pretty bad spot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she is.
1: So, all right. Uh,
0: The next scene: Romero pulls up to a house and opens the garage door. He opens a trunk and pulls out a duffel bag and opens it, and there is a ton of money in it. Dun dun dun! Dun dun dun!
1: Romero has the money. (laughs) Why didn't he have that garage door locked?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Didn't he? No, he just. I didn't notice.
1: Pulls up and opens it. So, I mean, we assume this is his house. But, um... Yeah, he just... And it's just one of those lift the handle and lift up. It's not even an automatic garage door open. But
0: Maybe in a small town, the sheriff's garage is just not going to be touched?
1: I guess so. No one wants to go there? (laughs) Yeah. Especially with him being the sheriff. I'd be terrified of him. Um... So what how did Romero get the money what is your idea
0: Um I'm guessing Shelby had it That's what I, I was thinking I'm just you. guessing Shelby took it after that what's his face probably after he disappeared and Well I think I, I think bet Shelby... Romero just looked through all of Shelby's stuff and found it and That's, thought hmm yeah. what do I do with this
1: That's kind of exactly what I thought, but I think Shelby had the money the whole time because Abernathy kept saying that Shelby was the one that owed him. I don't think they trusted Keith Summers as the money guy.
0: That makes sense.
1: And so, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking was after Shelby dies and Romero learns all about the sex trade business he was in, I'm guessing he probably went to Shelby's house and went through his stuff and found the money. Yeah. Yeah. Then probably didn't know what to do with it. You can't process it in evidence. You can't
0: yeah. yeah, he was probably waiting to see what would happen. He probably knew someone would come looking for it.
1: Yeah. Probably didn't know that it was a crazy guy that was gonna threaten several people's lives. Like, right. You know. He kinda put some people's lives in jeopardy. Yeah. But what what'd he do with it? Yeah. So I was just wondering if you had heard any theories or anything. No. Okay, because it's kind of straightforward, I think, is how we
0: got it. Yeah. Okay, the next scene, possibly Sue's favorite? Yep. Okay. (laughs) Norma parks her car and gets some shirts out of her car. She drops one and picks it up and then bumps into a man on the sidewalk. She says sorry, and he says, yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And walks off, so she screams, screw you, shithead! (laughs) He just kind of looks at her and then walks off. Norma just kind of stands there a few minutes looking around. (laughs) She she was just like, he was not properly
1: (laughs) accepting my apology. I know. I mean, it was kind of, I mean, yeah, I guess. That is kind of a dumb thing to say to someone who is sorry for bumping into you. I mean, I would say, oh, that's okay or no problem. But, oh, man, when she just stops and looks <laughs> over at her, I'm just like, screw you, shithead.
0: <laughs> oh, she's just unraveling.
1: Totally. And then I just love how she kind of checks herself. She stops and kind of looks around like, did anyone see that? <laughs> <laughs> and maybe had a little bit of a. Hmm. Maybe that was kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, I just, I just want to see the whole outtake reel on that scene. I want to see all the ways she said it. You oh, know. Funny. <laughs> and I don't know if I was a crew member, I I would just laugh every time. It just made me laugh so hard.
2: It was hilarious.
1: Oh, I love it. So, yeah, she's unraveling.
0: <laughs> she's at max stress level, I think. Yeah. She's funny because I probably would have been at max stress level, well, I don't know, a lot of times in her life <laughs> lately that we've seen. Oh, yeah. But being in prison or maybe being in her defense attorney's office, and she's just calm as can be both times. Right. And, I don't know, this, just being able to take my worries to the sheriff, who I semi-trust. She trusts him enough to come to him about everything. Right, true. And that he says he'll take care of it. I don't know. We are different people, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I think she really just kind of snaps, and then I think she realizes, I just yelled at a perfect stranger. Right. And maybe because in the next scene, as we see, she's waiting in a waiting room, and the therapist opens his office door, and he looks kind of surprised to see her. And she says, "It's it's our session time." And she said, or he says that she called and canceled last week. She apologizes and says it's been a crazy week, and asks if he can see her. He says okay, and then he asks where Norman was, and she says he is at school. So they go into his office, and she asks him if he can give her some advice on how to handle stress. And she kind of giggles. Did you notice her <laughs> giggle?
0: <laughs> um, I don't remember noticing it.
1: It was kind of funny. Um, he asks why she is feeling stressed, and she says, just stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, like normal life stuff.
0: Normal life not stuff normal
1: for who? Stuff, I know. <laughs> None of this is normal, Norma. <laughs> um, and you would think—I mean, the way that news spreads in this tiny little town, the therapist probably knows some of it, right? I mean, oh,
0: that's a good point.
1: So, so yeah. But um, so he asked how it's going with Norman and she says, it's fine. He's a good boy. He asked if it's going to be hard for her when he leaves. She just goes, when she, when he leaves to go where, you know, (laughs) (laughs) he says college. And she says, oh yeah, right. She says, Norman will probably go locally because of money. The, and then the therapist starts writing something down and Norma kind of tries to see what he's writing. <laughs> <Checkles> at that. <laughs> <laughs> he asked her when she was a little girl, is this what she thought parenting would be like? She says she doesn't remember. He asked if she remembers anything from when she was little. She thinks for a while and says, yeah, you know, usual stuff. Yep. <laughs> he asked what her parents were like. She says her dad was very kind, the kind of man that always smiled at you. Like he would just take care of everything. Her mom worked at a bakery and smelled like cookies. He asked if they are gone now, and she says yes. And then he asked if she has any siblings, and she says no, she is an only child. And this whole time, she's like starting to like scratch her leg or.
0: Yeah, she's getting a weird expression and a.
1: Yeah. Um, and then she just kinda says that she's not feeling very well and she's going to have to reschedule and she gets up to leave and the therapist asks if she's okay and she says, Yes, she just needs to go home. Very so, strange. Yeah. Yeah. I it was obviously just like it physically makes her ill when someone makes her talk about her childhood, basically. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, I believed her that she wasn't just saying, "Mm, you know what, I don't, like, she was just uncomfortable with the questions and decided to get up and leave. I really think she... Well, I think
1: think she was because she kind of, like, closes her eyes and it's like she kind of forgets where she is. She's not quite, like, a trance-type thing that Norman goes into, but she just kind of seemed... I don't know. She wasn't as present right there. She's just like, oh, I don't feel very good. Like, she's almost saying it to herself. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it was it was interesting. And I found it interesting that Serapis the therapist even asks her if she remembers anything from being a little girl. Like, he just has pegged that, some, you know, that's an odd question. Of course, everybody remembers being a little girl or boy. Right. And so it's odd that he sees her as so... Of uh, the word, I don't know, damaged or right. He really I, that he I, would I, even ask that.
1: Yeah, I remember thinking we were when I was watching this. I was like, he's
0: a really good therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've said that a few times. Right, like, man, that guy's good. He yeah, because he does. He. You would think you would ask. I just think it's very interesting because you would think that he would ask, "What do you remember as a child, or you right. know, from when you were a little girl?" But he asked if she remembered anything.
1: Yeah, I mean there must be because he's only met her that other one time with Norman. Mm -hmm. There just must be things that she was you know symptoms that he could see.
0: Yeah. She may just be very textbook and easy to you know, oh yeah. (laughs) I suspect 100% that this has been going on and that she's this level of.
1: Well, that might be something that, cause she is a very controlling, you know? Yeah. Very controlling. Like even in the session with Norman, she answers all the questions. I mean, he's specifically talking to Norman and she would answer. And uh, maybe that is a pretty textbook thing is that people who are that controlling, had a pretty bad childhood because maybe their childhood was, was like out of control you know mm-hmm. so they have the sense of controlling what they can you know
0: yeah it was it was interesting
2: Yeah,
0: I guess he was either really good or they dropped the ball and just made it unbelievable but it didn't seem that way it just seemed like He just picked up on it. Right. So. Good seat. Okay. Yeah. So now we are at the high school and Norman is walking up to a classroom and you can hear Miss Watson talking on the phone. She's very upset. She's telling the person on the phone to stop bothering her that she has nothing to say to them. She says, you can't say that to me. Leave me alone, Eric. Don't call me again. And she hangs up. She's very shaken. Norman heard the conversation. He asks if she's all right, and she turns around, very surprised to see him, and says, "Norman," and she asks if he heard anything she said, and he says, "No, not really." She says to please forget what he just heard. He says he, he was coming to tell her that he was for sure, does not want to have a story published. She asks if it's because of his mother, and he says he just doesn't want to. She says she understands, and she asks him not to tell anyone about the phone call. He says, "Okay." She puts her hand on his cheek and says, this means they have a secret now, and asks if they, if he will keep it, and he says, of course. She hugs him, and the hug goes on for a long time. She seems to realize that she, and she breaks away and leaves the room. Okay, so I listened to that phone call very closely, and to me, it did not seem... Like a boyfriend she was talking to. It seems like a was, blackmailer.
1: I was kind of wondering that, too, watching it this time, just with, with like, what you put in my head yesterday.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Like, maybe it has to do with Bradley's father's death.
0: Yeah, maybe something is going on like that. That, to me, that was not even a battered boyfriend phone call. Someone that's abusive or something. That was straight up someone that's pestering her about something else and he
1: well it seems very threatening i mean she is really scared
0: oh yeah and she was yeah she was insane that norman even witnessed any of that uh, right you know.
1: right so because i mean if you have like an ex-boyfriend or something that's being that threatening You can probably just get a restraining order type thing.
0: And there's a more uh, air of familiarity. And you you would have been, she would have been more like apologetic and trying to um, cater to him more or something like that.
1: Right. Exactly. Say what he wants to hear to calm him down, you know, right. Type stuff. So There there
0: wasn't any of that, not even a hint. So yeah. Yeah. So I really do believe she's B and that, yeah, I'm not quite sure what it was, and now she's gone, so that's going to be interesting to get all this solved.
1: Right, so, yeah, so I think we are going to find out exactly why Bradley's dad was killed. You know, yeah, like
0: maybe, I think it, there's more to it then.
1: Right, so maybe she had some money in her apartment, maybe her dad hid something in her apartment and she doesn't even know, and that's why, you know, yeah. so... Yeah, I'm on, I'm on the, the boat that she's B that she's B and that this has nothing to do with the relationship. It's more, she was probably being threatened because when she says, um, you can't say that to me, I wonder what he said, you know? Yeah. And then, and she purposely says his name Eric. So now we have to like, who's Eric? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I like
0: that they threw that in. We're gonna yep. take you all ears for yep. him. <laughs> so,
1: so yeah, interesting. And then just um, she does hug him, and then it's like she kind of shakes her head and I'm like, whoa, I probably shouldn't have been, because it seemed to be a. Norman seemed to enjoy the hug.
0: <laughs> he did, and it, she just, um, she was so thrown off and so scared. It was almost like, I don't know. Yeah. it Whatever happened in that phone call, whoever that person is, she is freaked out, which kind of lends, I know, while watching the scene, you know, I mentioned that there's talk that maybe... Norman wasn't the one that killed her. But, man, it just seems I like there's no other way. Just the way that Norman showed up to talk to him, and you know what you have to do, kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. But I, I don't think it was him.
0: Oh, really? You're really I, on board with that, too?
1: I'm kind of on board with that, because... Only because he doesn't get convicted for it in the next season. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, rarely can you get away with murder. So I just, I don't think it was him.
0: Especially a teenager in a fugue state.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I think someone was like hiding in her closet or something while Norman was there. And somehow Norman I don't know. Maybe he witnessed it. Yeah. And that's what's going to be in the next season is them trying to get him because he witnessed it. I I don't know.
0: But he, you know, I believe he doesn't remember. He was he was probably set to kill her or do something because Norma kind of sicked him on her in his mind.
1: <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. So I think he got, like, foiled. Like, yeah. Like, maybe... The two of them stood there and like i'm gonna murder her no i'm going to (laughs) (laughs) but um so yeah very interesting and i'm so we have less than two weeks i can't wait Mm, cool um okay so in next uh romero is waiting outside of a house and a woman pulls out and gets out and says alex And she says she hasn't seen him since her brother's service, and she says it was weird. They didn't have anything to bury except his hand, so it was Keith Summer's sister. Um, Her face is pretty beaten up. Romero asks what happened to her face, and she says she doesn't remember. (laughs) (laughs) He says they are are getting off on the wrong track. He says this isn't a social visit. He says he knows she was doing all the bookkeeping for her brother's business, selling the girls from Asia. He says he has all the paperwork. Which, also, he must have found that in Shelby's basement Mm -hmm. as well or something. Yeah, something. He asked if Jake Abernathy did that to her. She says she doesn't know who that is. He says he's a friend of her brother's and Shelby's third partner. She says, you mean Joe Figuere? He drives a black Cadillac, about 50. Romero says, yeah, that's him. She says a few days ago, he came by looking for some money that was owed him. She doesn't have it, and he threatened to kill her. Uh, he asks if she knows how to contact him, and she says no. He asks if she knows where he might be. She says Keith told her he was running the same kind of business in four different port towns up and down the coast. Romero goes to leave, and she asks what's going to happen to her now, and he says nothing if she keeps her mouth shut, or he'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> then he says to take care of herself, and he leaves. So, so just
0: one more little thing. Mm-hmm. Jake Abernathy, so he went by Joe for Fioretti, mm-hmm. and does he say a few other names on the docs later? No. Um, no. He does say something about he goes by a few names.
1: Right, because uh, Romero says, so what do I call you, Abernathy, Fioretti, and Abernathy's like, oh, I go by a lot of different names, but you can call me Joe.
0: Does he go by Eric.
1: I don't know, because I think I would have picked up on that.
0: Well, he may. (laughs) No, because, well, that wouldn't work for him being the one that kills her. Because he was at the docks being killed.
1: Right. And plus, he's part of the sex trade. Mm. Bradley's dad was part of the marijuana industry. I, I just don't think the two overlap like that
0: yeah
1: you know so so yeah i don't think i don't think he's eric okay but i do believe joe fioretti is probably his real name but we're gonna continue to call him abernathy
0: yeah he's abernathy to <laughs> <us>. <laughs> yeah
1: but um so yeah so romero yeah no, I don't know. Not much to say about this one. He no, it's pretty
0: self-explanatory.
1: Yeah, yeah. But poor Keith's sister gets beat up for the money that Romero has. But okay. I mean, I don't know. How would he know that that was gonna happen? But
0: so yeah. <laughs> okay. So now we go to Norma in the motel office on the phone with the sheriff's office. She says she's calling to make sure there's still a patrol happening for her house because she hasn't seen a car for a while. Emma pulls up and says she's sorry she's late, but she saw a really cute dress for the dance that night. Norma says, you are going to the dance? Emma says, yes, Norma's taking her, and Norma asks when that happened, and Emma says today, and she hopes it's okay. Norma says, of course, she just didn't know anything about it. Emma takes out the dress, and Norma says she loves it. She has Norma hold it up to her so she can see what it looks like with heels. Emma sees something on the dress and bends down and sees the scar on Norma's leg. Norma says it was just a childhood accident. She spilled some hot chocolate on her leg. Emma says that must have hurt. Norma says she doesn't remember. She was like two years old. Then she says she loves the dress and leaves. Dylan pulls up and hands Norma a paper bag, and Norma pulls a gun out of the bag. He says he changed his mind, and she fakes him and says, Don't make me regret this, and he takes her to learn to shoot. I think it's odd. It's odd to me here. How controlling Norma is, and she seems a little like, Well, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know anything about this dance thing. Um, and she kind of, there's a hint of her controlling this, that Norman, you know, did all of this, and she didn't even know anything about it because she wants to control his social life so bad. But boy, when it comes to Emma, she's so loose and open about it. I know. I mean, I know we joke about it's because she's got a short lifespan, but it just seems beyond that.
1: It does. It does. Because, yeah, she does... I don't know. Yeah, Norma is kind of, like, taken aback, like,
0: I do not know about this dance it's like yeah how could I not know about this how did he not <laughs> how did I not come up with it for him or you know right exactly was I not involved in this in any way I'm this losing is not... control right it's <laughs> <This laughs> not how things work
1: around here <laughs> yeah it is she is funny that way and yeah, just at the beginning when she's on the phone with the sheriff's office, it just makes me laugh. She's like, Yeah, it's me again um, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like oh man
0: <laughs>
1: But um so so yeah, and Dylan gets her again.
0: Yeah, Dylan's change of heart. Where did that come from?
1: Probably just kinda of thinking about it. I mean I know he and Norma don't have the best relationship, but if your mom is being threatened by a crazy guy, I, you know, I think you would be like, maybe she's right,
0: maybe she should have a gun. Yeah, you he might just weigh the options, know that something horrible could happen, but right. if she was to be strangled or something, he I guess he probably weighed that option and thought, well, I would feel really awful if that happened. And right. I denied her some self-protection.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I think sometimes, you know, in, when you're in those kind of situations, I mean, she just kind of, you know, hits him with it in the morning, you know, give me a gun, you know. Yeah. She's like, no. And then, <laughs> you know, and then it happens to a lot of us. You, later on, you're like, yeah, okay, you know. Right. Sometimes your first reaction isn't always what you end up so yeah, and the um, so next, Dylan is teaching Norma how to shoot. He says he is going to pull the hammer back, and as soon as he does, she shoots the gun. <laughs> <laughs> he gets mad at her and tells her he didn't tell her to shoot. Why did she shoot? She says she had the bottle in her sights, and she says why did I miss? <laughs> um, Dylan tells her it takes a while to learn. He says, are you going to wait until I tell you to shoot? She says yes, and then asks him what kind of job he has that he needs to carry a gun. He says he guards stuff. They use stuff a lot in this show. I love it. But um, I know.
0: I love the word stuff.
1: <laughs> oh, you're the...
0: I'm the stuff queen.
1: You're... Hey, this stuff doesn't have any stuff. It's just stuff.
0: That's <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> this stuff do I has no stuff in it.
0: It's just stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then aren't you the one when the first time we drove into Riverton in Wyoming where our sister lives and you go... Well, at least this town has stuff, and it's not just dumb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. About family jokes. The, uh, the stuff that had no stuff in it, it was just stuff, was a uh, brownie mix with no uh, brownies and nuts and uh, chocolate chips and stuff in it. Right. <laughs> if anyone was curious.
1: Well, were there two batches going? Like one had like marshmallows and nuts and then the other one was just brownies. And you're like, hey. <laughs> this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. doesn't have any stuff in it. It's just stuff. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> oh, so funny. Yes, I've noticed all the stuff and I always giggle.
1: Yep, and then the stuff that's not dumb our, our sister and our parents now live in a town called Riverton, Wyoming. And when you're driving from here to there you go through a lot of towns that have, like, populations of, like, 700, 400. And then Riverton... 30, <laughs> 30 exactly. And then Riverton, you get into that town, and it's, what, maybe ten to 15,000? I have no idea. Yeah, probably something like that. So you kind of come around this corner and all these lights, and Emily's like, Hey! <laughs> <laughs> At least this town has stuff, and it's not just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. um
0: Stuff, okay.
1: So he says he guards stuff, and she says, What kind of stuff? He says, Weed, pot fields. She says, I don't like that. He says, That is exactly why he didn't tell her. He doesn't need her passing judgment on him. He's 22, he's an adult. She says, Barely, and then she just shoots the gun. <laughs> <laughs> He says, who is not the adult? I'm trying to teach you how to use a firearm, and you're doing whatever the hell you want. This is serious shit. She says, okay. She will listen to his instructions. And he goes back to teaching her. He says, squeeze the trigger. Don't yank on it, okay, mom? And she pulls the trigger and shoots the bottle. she kind of dances around. (laughs) Loved the dance. (laughs) I did, too. Um. And then she looks at Dylan and she says, "You called me mom." Dylan says, "What?" <laughs> she says, "He hasn't done that in a long time." And he says, "Well, you have a loaded gun in your hands, Norma." He's like, "What? <laughs> I didn't call you a whore." <laughs> I you know. I was like, it's my usual word. <laughs> she kind of starts crying and says, "She is really scared." Dylan says, "He knows," but from what he hears, Romero is the man in this town, and she is going to have to trust him and do what he says. He says he knows that will be hard for her, but it's what she's going to have to do. So, I kind of like the Norman and Dylan scenes. I think, or I'm um, Dylan and Norma scenes. I think, I think there's some pretty good mother son bonding going on here.
0: Absolutely, I think they're. I just, I, you know, we don't know much about their past, but I do know that from what I've gleaned from it. They're probably in the best place together they've been in a very, very, as as very a, long time. Yeah, a little kid.
1: A, a very young child or something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's probably hard to have a mom like Norma who's probably always getting into these little shenanigans, you know? Oh, yeah.
0: And like we've discussed, Norman is obviously the favorite. Very favored. Right. And that's got to be hard growing up. Totally. She cheated on his dad, you know, from what he said to be with Norman's dad. That's got to right. have a little wedge there. And There's just a right. lot of things. And just those drama people that always have drama, um, Dylan doesn't seem like that type of person.
1: Well, he doesn't. And when you've got a drama person like that in your life, you just, you kind of start, it's almost like Cry Wolf, the boy cried wolf. It's like, you uh-huh. just don't, you just end up not taking them so seriously because they create a lot of it or they over-exaggerate what's going on and make it seem so, you know.
0: Right, or it's weird. just so all the time, you just get worn out from that kind of thing.
1: Exactly. But I think, you know, Dylan seems to finally go, okay, she's really in some serious shit now. This is, you know, because, right. I mean, a dead body was put in her bedroom. You, you know, you'd kind of be like, all right, maybe she's
0: not making this one up. <laughs> you right. Know? He did blow off the dead body pretty easily, but. um, And maybe asking around a little bit. It sounds like he's. Yeah, I get the feeling
1: he, he has asked around a little bit because, you know, he's like, from what I've heard, Romero is the man in this town and go ahead and trust him. So maybe he's talked to Gil or talked to Remo or something.
0: Right. And, and he's been suspicious of Abernathy since day one. Right. When normal wasn't.
1: Right. And it wouldn't surprise me if, like, Gil and Remo know about the agent sex trade. If anyone in town knows about it, it's probably them.
0: Yeah, I, you know, for some reason, I just have that. Although I know they aren't connected, but you just feel like this town has got a lot of weird little things like that, and the right. other world probably knows about all of them.
1: Right, exactly. So, So yeah, no, I like it. I like the Dylan and Norma getting close. Yep, me too. And, yep, so... Have we
0: seen much in the uh, previews about Dylan? And what's gonna. Oh, yeah, we've seen him uh, yeah. his bodies and things.
1: Yeah, it seems like things get pretty tense with his job. That's right. So, I'm excited to see that too. I like. Yeah,
0: maybe he needs to get into more than just guarding pot fields. Right, <laughs> and right. And snoozing.
1: Right, exactly. So, it'll be interesting.
0: Okay. Uh, moving on. Norma's cleaning a motel room, and Keith Summer's sister walks up and asks if she's Norma Bates, and Norma asks how she can help her, and she says she's Maggie Summer's Keith's sister. She says she came to tell her something. She tells Norma that if she has the money to give it up, she says he. she worked with this guy. She calls Abernathy, and she says he will kill you, and then she walks off.
1: Yeah, how creeped out would you be if you were Norma and this, like... <laughs>
0: Lady with a beat-up face. Uh,
1: Lady with a beat-up face. Just kind of...
0: Oh, and the sister of the guy you killed and that raped you. (laughs) I know, I know. Oh, uh, yes. Maggie Summers. (laughs) Yep. Keith's sister. Uh, Yes.
1: Yes. And, you know, and she's like, this guy you call Abernathy, he's gonna kill you. I mean, I think that was nice of Maggie to do that, you know, to say, hey, you know, I know this guy. He means business. You give him the money if you have it. Um, she didn't have to do that. I thought that was kind of cool. She did.
0: Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, just the money again. You know, if you have to give it up, she's just like, I have no idea. I know. How so scary. that just so scary. that would make you feel so powerless. And that's got to be the worst thing in the world for Norma. You know, that's what she's most afraid of is to be powerless.
1: Right, right. I mean, she's okay when she's being, you know, accused of doing something she's done, you know. Right. <laughs> but this, she has nothing to do with, and there's nothing worse than someone thinking that you've done something that you didn't, and you, you've you got no recourse. You've got no way to say, look, I, I don't know how to convince you I don't know what you're talking about, you know.
0: Yeah, that's tough.
1: That is tough, so... And it just seems, you know, Norman kind of breaks down a little bit after Maggie Summers leaves. It's just like, oh, man, I'm going to die tonight. Mm -hmm. Ugh, terrible. So, anywho.
0: See, then we go to Norman doing homework, and the doorbell rings, and it's Bradley, and she asks if Dylan's home. And Norman just kind of stands there for a minute. Dylan? (laughs) I know, he goes... Dylan really? is Dylan you're looking for. <laughs> <I know. Okay. laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I know that's the worst. Um, he, but he says he'll go get him and asks her in. And Dylan's coming down the stairs carrying a box. He hands her the box and says it's all the stuff from his desk. She thanks him for doing that. And Dylan and Bradley stare at each other for a few minutes. And Norman says he's going to go finish his homework. He's just standing awkwardly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> he bumps into Dylan when he walks out, and Bradley asks. Bradley says it was really nice of him to do that for her and Dylan says it was no big deal the camera pans out and we see Norman hiding behind the wall listening to them as any (laughs) person in the world would have been doing (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Dylan takes the box and says I found this and pulls out her dad's pocket watch now the camera is just on Norman and we hear Bradley say my dad's watch thank you Dylan says, anytime, even though we almost got shot. She laughs and says, yeah, that was crazy. And Norman seems more and more agitated. Then Bradley says, okay, this is it. I won't bug you anymore. And Dylan says, you can bug me. That's fine. You can bug me anytime.
1: Yeah, so poor Norman. And, man, he he looks like he's, like, going into one of his things. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you know, they sound so friendly and you know, little private jokes and Oh, Yeah, totally. remember when you got shot, you know, <laughs> obviously a lot had happened with them together.
1: Right, right. So, and oh yeah, I mean, that's upsetting to overhear, you know, the girl that Yeah. You think you're in love with and now your older ladies man, good-looking brother is like flirting around with her and she's flirting back spending time
0: with her, doing nice things for her right,
1: they obviously went on a little adventure together, you know so yeah, I kind of liked how when Dylan leaves to go finish his homework, he does kind of that shoulder bump into Dylan Yeah, I like that too so so yeah he got the pocket watch for her I mean, the thing is, is that it is still, I mean, it's pretty obvious that Dylan and Bradley do kind of like each other, and, but it's still a pretty innocent conversation, you know, I don't know.
0: Oh, yeah, it is, it's innocent, but um, I thought the most damning thing of the whole thing was... Dylan saying, "You can bug me, that's fine, you can bug me anytime. I thought yeah, if didn't have added that.
1: it wouldn't have been so bad,
0: yeah, for me, yeah. just out of that, except for the very beginning when she asked for Dylan, but then to see him coming down the stairs with a box, like there was a real purpose for her coming, and Dylan was like the only one that could have helped her in that, that like explained away her being there and asking for Dylan exactly exactly um, and but and then everything else. You know, just a little of their little back and forth was a little familiar sounding and everything, but to me, yeah. just the worst at the end was at the end there that he yeah. kind of goes on about bugging him anytime.
1: Right, because he could have just said, "Oh, that's fine. You know, I I, I work there. It was easy. You know." But, right. You know, he's like, "You can bug me anytime." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. All right, so then uh, Norma is in a room looking at her gun. She's the worst gun owner.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> she puts her finger down the barrel, <laughs> and then she points it right at her face. <laughs> She's like a five-year-old little boy. Oh, my gosh. I am a gun owner, but my husband and I are very safe. I mean, for some. For one thing, we have them in a safe, but you don't do this, you know? Everybody
0: knows that. You don't. I'm not a gun owner, but yeah. I definitely know that.
1: <laughs> but, uh, so then she turns the gun around, and did you notice that like, she kind of shakes her head when she turns the gun around? I mean, was she... Hmm. No. Was there a slight, maybe I should just end it right here?
0: I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Because she kind of, because she's... You know, she's got the gun pointed, like, directly at her face, and she's, like, looking down the barrel. And then she kind of shakes her head and turns the gun around, like, no, no, that's not a good idea type thing. I don't know.
0: I was well, like, that that seems um, appropriately dramatic for Norma's character. <laughs> it does, you're right. <laughs>
1: to just be um, like,
0: ooh, that one threw my head. <laughs> that would have been dramatic.
1: <laughs> it would have been a mess to clean it up, though, so never mind. <laughs> Um, so then she turns the gun around and she releases the chamber and spins it and it cuts to Norman walking into his bedroom (laughs) and he's frantically looking through his sock drawer and then he yells mother and Norma like fumbles with the gun and hides it in her bed. That's why you don't point guns to your face. You never know when your son's going (laughs) to yell for you and startle you. Yes. I mean, come on, um. Norma walks. Norman walks into her room and says he needs some black socks. And Norma asks if he checked his drawer, and he kind of sarcastically (laughs) goes, "Duh, never occurred to me to look in my own drawer." And then he yells, "What am I supposed to do?" This is where
0: Norma or Norman totally (laughs) unravels.
1: Oh man, does he? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, "What am I supposed to do? I can't go to the stupid dance wearing white socks with a suit."
0: (laughs) I am so glad he said that. Oh, yeah. That's so bad. Oh. But I managed at a country club where they had to wear tuxedo, mm-hmm. pants and shirts and ties, and so many kids would show up with white socks, and I'd get so mad at them. <laughs> oh, first. that's so
1: crazy.
0: Anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's, he's smart enough to know that's a no-no.
0: Yes, I was very proud of him.
1: Yeah. But um, then Norma kind of yells back, I don't know where your stupid black socks are. It isn't my fault you decided last minute to go to the dance. What am I supposed to do? Darn some socks?
0: (laughs) I don't know if she knows what darning means.
1: I was going to ask you, doesn't darning mean, like, fixing them? Yeah, like
0: repairing a little hole, as far as I'm concerned, it does. It doesn't mean knitting whole new socks.
1: Right. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. It was funny. (laughs) So, Dylan walks in looking pretty <laughs> amused, <laughs> and he says he has some black socks Norman can use. Norman walks out of the room. Dylan walks into Dylan, or into Norman's room and tosses him some socks. Norman doesn't say anything. Dylan says that mom is a little stressed out, so take it easy on her. Norman says, thanks for the tip. Dylan, sa- Dylan asks if he is okay. Norman says he's fine. And then kind of Dylan, I think, figures it out. He says, "I was he was only helping Bradley because some of her dad's stuff was at his work. Norman says, whatever, I'm over her. If you want to go out with her, go out with her. Dylan says, he's not going out with her. Norman says, but you want to? Who wouldn't? Dylan says, this is a stupid conversation. Norman says, all conversations are stupid. It's just blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like rats trying to get through a maze. Like it has some purpose or meaning, but it doesn't. Dylan says, okay, now you're creeping me out. Norman says, just do what you want as far as Bradley is concerned. She probably likes you. You should ask her out. Dylan says, I should. Norman says, yeah, you should. I'm fine. I'm completely 100% over it. And he walks out of the room.
0: How do you convince somebody you're 100% over somebody? Stop saying it. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Or how to convince somebody that you are not 100% over someone. Yeah. So funny. But yeah, this... uh... Some interesting things in it. Um, you, His little going off about Conversation stupid and the rats in a maze and the blah, blah, blah kind of takes you back to his little dog Juno and talking to the stuffed thing. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. And just kind of you start seeing maybe he's preferring just making up his own conversations in his head kind of stuff.
1: yeah. Yeah, because I was thinking that what he was referring to was, like, maybe right after Bradley's dad died, and he spends, you know, he and Bradley go to ice cream together, and they have some pretty good conversations, and they seem to be, I think they were pretty meaningful to Norman.
0: Right, and they did seem meaningful, and they were meaningful for her at the time. She's trying to make sense of her dad dying, and she found somebody that's dad had actually died.
1: dad had died, and, you know, she even tells him in that scene, you know, I like spending time with you because you're not trying to cheer me up, and, you know, so they do have a pretty meaningful conversation, so I I, kind of think Mm. that that's what he's referring to. Yeah, you're right. It's just you know, like it has some purpose or meaning, but it doesn't, you know, I think he's realizing, I don't know. Totally. Uh, yeah. I think you're totally right. So, but yeah, this is kind of the
0: beginning of Norman's really bad day. <laughs> right. Yeah. I um, think I got caught up in to Norman's bigger picture just cause Dylan said that he's creeping him out. Just using that term, I started going creepy and, Oh, right. But yeah, I I, think it might have been no more than just, yeah, I mean, Bradley had all these meaningful conversations.
1: (laughs) Right, and obviously they didn't mean anything. I mean, he's not seeing it as, they did at the time, it doesn't, just because you're not together like you thought, doesn't mean they still weren't meaningful conversations. Right, sure. But, you know, he's, he's a young kid, he's not, you know, he's... How does Miss Watson put it when she the principal talking to Norman like emotionally not normal or unstable or
0: emotionally unusual Unusual that's the word
1: Cuz yeah when he goes to Bradley's house when he has that very awkward you know monologue <laughs> <laughs> of how they're going to be together <laughs> Right You know I yeah so anyway
0: And then, in the next scene, Norma decides to dump even more on him. I know. Good grief. I know the timing made sense in her head because she thinks she's going to die, but. Right. I guess we can des- discuss this in a minute, but to send your son to a school dance after just. <laughs> oh my gosh. Telling him that story is just insane.
1: Dropping this bomb on him.
0: Yeah. Totally insane. Okay. So Norman and Norma are in the living room and he says Emma will be there soon and the dance ends at midnight. Norma looks at the clock and starts kind of hyperventilating. Norman asks her what's wrong and Norma says she's going to tell him something and she's never told anybody. She says he is old enough now. She says she grew up in Akron, Ohio. And Norma starts to say that that's not what and she interrupts him and says she knows she said a lot of things, but this is the truth and she wants someone to know the truth about her and she wants it to be him. She tells him her brother used to make her have sex with him. It started when she was 13 and lasted until he moved out. Norman looks pretty shook up. Norma says she shouldn't have told him, but he's the person she's closest to. He says he understands. She says by the time she realized how messed up it was, she couldn't tell anyone. They had no money. Her mother had checked out of her body by then, and her dad was insane. He was very violent. She knew if she told her dad, he would kill her brother, so she never told. She said one day while her dad was at work, her brother was doing things to her, and she heard the front door open. It was her dad coming home early. She jumped up and knocked over the hot iron, and it landed on her leg. Norman says he's so sorry and hugged her. She says, anyway, it doesn't really matter, right? It was a long time ago. She says she just wanted someone to know in case, and then the doorbell rings. Norma gets the door and norman just sits there staring norma brings emma in and it was weird he's just staring not Um, not at the door just at like the wall just staring yeah um norma brings emma in and tells norman to look how beautiful emma looks and norman just sits there and then he finally turns around and says she looks great emma says he does too and asks if he's ready to go. He gets up and hugs Norma really tight and they leave. Norma's phone rings and the Abernathy. He says he wants to make sure she doesn't forget their appointment. She says she hasn't. He says, great, he will see her then and tells her not to do anything stupid.
1: So we get some background on Norma's effed up childhood.
0: <laughs> yes, and pretty much everything she told the therapist earlier was a lie. She's got a brother... Did we already know she had a brother no i don't, I don't think, think so. we knew anything okay no nope. um her dad was very violent um when she said that he was just one of those it's like she made up a little fairy tale
1: i think she did manifest. i think i think she made up parents that her fantasy parents you know mom worked at a bakery and now he smelled like cookies <laughs> oh yeah you could
0: tell when she was saying that 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 was not the case
1: <laughs> yeah i thought that was kind of weird Oh. And I, I, she says that, she tells Norman that, you know, her mom had checked out of her body by then. So yeah, very what is, interesting. What does that exactly mean? I mean, just kind of one of those, like, Stepford women? Like, just kind of catatonic? Hmm. Or?
0: I don't know. I took it to be she was, at that point, thoroughly, totally insane, and was no help at all to anything. I don't know about stepped out of her body by then. That is odd. I didn't think too hard. All just in my head. I just immediately thought, well, that's where the insanity comes from.
1: Right. I, I took it more as, cause she describes her dad as insane. So I take it that her mom, cause she's just checked out of her body. I wonder if, have you ever seen the movie? Um, ooh, the one with uh, Jennifer Lawrence uh, about the meth can't believe something do you know what i'm talking about is that like silver lining's playbook no no one of jennifer lawrence's like first movies like her debut kind of before as winter's movie.
0: bone
1: winter's bone oh
0: winter's bone sure yeah
1: that's what i'm thinking remember her mom was just kind yes. of yes
0: oh yeah she in, was like catatonic Wasn't kind of
1: cat- catatonic i mean she could walk and she could but you know jennifer lawrence was probably like 14 or 15 16 years old had, right and
0: she had to just do everything because her do
1: mom- everything take care of her brother and sister do all the cooking do all the firewood chopping that's right so
0: her i, I c- totally checked out of her body you're totally right yeah
1: so yeah so when norma says it i immediately thought of that woman from winter's bone like i think that's probably what she's talking about hmm. but um or, or it could be something completely different, but that's kind of what I took. But anyway, so, so yeah, kind of a lot to put on your 17-year-old son,
0: you know. Yeah, well, she, you know, when it comes to Norman, she's, she has a history of terrible decisions. She treats, she him, treats like, him like a husband.
1: She treats him like a husband. She, she talks to him. does. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, I, I get that. She really does think there there's a good chance she's going to die that night. Yeah. And she just wants someone to know who she is, you know. Which is she's... actually
0: a little bit sweet. It Nothing is. Nothing about it is sweet. <laughs> but right. just the thought that she really does. She, it's like she actually wants to tell someone the truth, something that she's been keeping to herself her whole life that's mapped out probably who she is, you know. And
1: totally. Right. Just,
0: you know, been, yeah, it's been who she is and messed her up.
1: Right. Cause she's probably, you know, just kind of guessing where she is age wise. She's probably been keeping this a secret 30 plus years,
0: hmm. you know, and she's never told anybody. And yeah, very interesting. So. It's just, it's horrible that, Norman's already so stressed and that he's, you know, going to a dance right now. I mean, she's not even quite done with the story, and his date comes to the door. I know. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't even have time to react to it. Although he does give her a sweet... Norman... I don't know. You think about a normal 17-year-old boy and getting hit with that. He really genuinely says he's sorry, and the hugs he gives her, it's very sincere. Very, mature, very sincere and mature, and just, I, I don't know, he kind of amazed me there. He,
1: yeah, the hug is a very loving hug.
0: Yeah, and not the one when he, not when creepy. they're still on the couch and he says that he's so sorry and hugs her. It's when he's just leaving right, like, with right, Emma. Right cuz
1: Emma is kind of looking at him she's kind of got a look on her face like huh what what did i just
0: walk in on you know Yeah
1: obviously and,
0: you know she's brushing tears away and Right
1: But i still kind of felt sorry for Emma cuz she does look beautiful her hair is great Oh her, yeah and her makeup her is makeup good Makeup
0: so good and she her dress is cute
1: Yeah and you know Norman, Norma is like Norman. Look how beautiful Emma is, and takes him a while. And he turns around and just immediately says, "Oh yeah, you look great." You yeah, know, he doesn't even look at her. He, no.
0: you know, he doesn't. It is. Just... It's really sad from Emma's point of view. <laughs> I
1: know. Cause... And this is her
0: first dance. She's so. And this is the guy she likes. and You know. I know. Was, all these things.
1: She was probably like picturing a more dramatic entrance and. You know, pictures, and, you know, it's just not. Right,
0: and things she says later at the dance that, you know. Right, exactly. She was probably expecting him to be like, wow, Emma, I've never looked at you before, you know. Right, right.
1: You look good out of those frumpy sweaters and, right. you know. So, yeah, poor Emma.
0: I know. Oh, breaks my heart. I wonder what's going to happen next season with her. I don't
1: know we see little flashes of her in the trailers.
0: Yeah. But we also see flashes of another girl. And...
1: Right. Yeah. So anything more on that one? That bummer of a scene? <laughs> 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 um, so next, uh, Norman and Eva arrive at the dance. And Emma says that she's never been to a dance before. And Norman says he hasn't either. Then Norman sees Bradley talking to Twilight Guy and a friend. And Norman Norman's staring at her, and she looks over and kind of smiles. Emma notices this and says she needs a drink and walks away.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's not just catching glimpses.
1: No, he's full-on staring.
0: And it's, yeah, it's trancey like staring. Not like Norman is going into a trance, but just a normal person trance.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: It's like, stop staring at beautiful ladies. It's creepy. You don't do it.
1: Right. And especially when you're on a date with someone else. Well, of course. (laughs) And, you know, Bradley's got a boyfriend. Just, you know,
0: I don't know. He's just, he's not acting normal about it. It's obsessive and it's.
1: It is. It's obsessive. You know, and he obviously doesn't remember an hour before when he was telling Dylan how over it he is. You know? Exactly. So, um, I thought the decorations were nice. I don't remember our high school dances. Looking Good on, so. grief.
0: Never in a million years would they have been half that. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a, it was movie magic stuff. It was. Like in, like, the. You know, I was watching with Matt, you know, the pilot, and that party where Mm -hmm. the Radiohead song's playing in that first episode, he's like, well, there's a movie that only happen, or there's a party that only happened in the movies. Yep. (laughs) Those (laughs) do not exist in real life, a high school party. There's, I don't know, there's, like, people on the bed with, like, glow paint on and Dance your right. dance on the bed. There's just a lot of stuff going on at the party that you're like, yeah, this is not real, realistic yeah. at all. But that's yeah. another little thing, like those dances. Yeah. I suppose there's places in maybe Beverly Hills or something that really. I know. That. I
1: was just, just going to say <laughs> maybe if you go to like Hollywood High or something. Right. It doesn't
0: happen in Springville, Utah.
1: Not in Springville, Utah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think our high school dance budget was like we can afford five rolls of crepe paper, <laughs> right? There and would maybe be some a, balloons,
0: a couple things hanging on the walls, maybe, and then they'd make like a a few balloons where you'd take. There'd be like a picture station. <laughs> they would put a little right. paper in the back of that, and a couple balloons on either side of you, and, and try to maybe a that, chair. <laughs> try to hide the basketball. Right. <laughs> A couple a couple uh streamers springing from the basketball hoop will do nicely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yep. Um <laughs> but I would say what we just described is probably way more typical, not just spring wheel. <laughs> right.
0: Yes, I agree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so next, uh Norma is in a room and she's loading her gun. And then she fills an overnight bag with some clothes and a pillow. And I'm like, really Norma? (laughs) This is your plan?
0: Another Norma caper.
1: Oh my gosh. The only word for it. Does she really think she can hand someone a duffel bag with a pillow and not get killed? (laughs)
0: Yeah, and why is she doing this anyway? I just, I, uh. I don't know. Even going down there. Romero said he'd handle it. Hide. You go hide.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's like, get in your car and drive away for a while. Go, yeah. go a few towns over and rent a motel room or something, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, I just, it just blows my mind that she thinks she can fill this bag with a pillow and some (laughs) clothes and like pass it off as the money (laughs) oh or maybe her plan is to like hand it to him and then immediately shoot him or something i don't know but i was just like norma norma norma
0: yep agreed yeah so all right so, then we go right back to the dance, and Norma and I are, sh- are slow dancing, and I wrote down two notes for this entire episode. The first one was about the phone call, and my second one was, they still play Lady in Red at school dances? I know, I put that too. I was
1: like, the slow <laughs> song was Lady in Red. <laughs> and then I put, I'm so glad they didn't have Bradley in a red dress.
0: Oh, man. It, it was old, and I hated it back when I was in junior high. <laughs>
1: Oh, I, I could believe it. I went to high school in the late 80s when these crappy songs, I hated them
0: then and I hate them now. <laughs> <laughs> they were old when I went and I hated them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I couldn't believe that that's what they played.
1: I know. I was like, there's got to be a better slow song that's come out in the last five years.
0: (laughs) Yes. Or the last 20. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) It's just, it was such a school dance staple and I just can't believe it still is. Um, Right. Although I went to a skating rink a few weeks ago and they still play YMCA (laughs) at skating rinks, everybody, (laughs) America, they still do. So rest easy in your beds tonight. Did they also play another one
1: bites to the dust? No. Oh, that was a staple. <laughs>
0: that one's gotten lost through <laughs> the years, I
1: suppose. Oh, Y.M.C.A. That's awesome. Did you te- <laughs> Did you teach Scout the arm movements?
0: No, I was holding a sleeping L's on the sidelines, and Scout was skating oh. with some friends when it happened. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I'll t- I'll let her know. What they are, though. She can't live life without knowing that.
1: <laughs> I think she'll love them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, so they're slow dancing to Lady in Red, and Norman keeps looking over at Bradley, and Twilight gives Norman the stink eye. yeah. <laughs> I like the stink eye. Emma says, you still like her, don't you? Norman says, he doesn't know what she's talking about. Emma says, Bradley is pretty obvious. Norman says, no, that's ridiculous. Emma says, you know what's ridiculous? Me thinking you would take me to the dance and see me all dressed up and realize you have feelings for me because you do, Norma Bates. You're just too stupid to know it. Emma steps away and says she better go. He says he'll go with her. She says she doesn't want him to. He can get a ride home with someone else and she leaves. Love it.
1: Yep. And she kind of like, I don't know, like fist pumps him like he kind of she kind of hits him in the chest <laughs> Like <it's> stupid <laughs> to know it
0: <laughs> yeah i love everything i just i love that it broke my heart but yeah i was like right on emma yep and yeah you leave let him get a ride home
1: <laughs> i know he was like okay i'll go with you i mean norman
0: <laughs> come on <laughs> oh okay um then twilight comes up to norman and asks if he can talk to him outside and they go outside and norman asks what he wants and twilight says to leave bradley alone and he even asks him what he wants like he doesn't know He's i don't so- know <laughs> what is his problem and then norman says he isn't bothering her he hasn't even spoken with her and twilight says he knows what happened he says you took advantage of her after her father died Norman says she invited him over and Twilight just punches him and knocks him down. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, stay away from her and leaves. And Norman starts walking home and it's pouring rain and Miss Watson pulls up and asks what he's doing walking in the rain and tells him to get in her car. He gets in and she sees his face and she asks what happened and he says he got punched. She says it's a pretty nasty cut and says to come to her place and she will clean it up and, and then take him home. Yep. So. is that where he's like you should see the other guy but then he's like oh he, he just punched me <laughs> yeah yeah
1: he first says I got in a fight and then he goes well <laughs> I got punched <laughs> I made up that you should see the other guy <laughs> he does say something like that okay yeah so
0: actually it wasn't a fight as much as I got punched yep. <laughs>
1: yep so she wants to take him to her house to clean up the the wound it's like just take him home
0: yes odd decision there Miss Watson
1: yes just take him home his mom can clean up the cut
0: yeah you're uh I don't know what her deal is I guess she's got a thing for Norman and thinks it might be a good idea
1: well, yeah, obvious, yeah. So, anyway, not much, I mean, I can understand why Twilight's mad at him. Oh, sure. And punches him. Norman deserved he it. He deserved it. Yeah. So, but he is, he's so clueless. I mean, you can't just stare at someone's girlfriend and not expect to get in trouble for that.
0: Yeah, it's so funny. It's like, he acts like... No one can see him staring at her.
1: Right, right. When other people have noticed it, too, because her friends in the bathroom and Emma, you know. Right. They're like, he just stares at her. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway. So, next, uh, Norma is at the docks with her overnight bag. She sees a truck pull up in Heights. It's Romero and... He is carrying his shuffle, his duffel bag of money. Nora watches him from her hiding place. Abernathy pulls up. He gets out of the car and asks Romero who he is. He says, I'm Alex Romero. What do I call you? Abernathy, if you're ready. Abernathy says he goes by a lot of different names, but Romero can call him Joe. Abernathy asks what happened to the cute but nutty lady who runs the motel. <laughs> and it kind of cuts to Norman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: me <laughs> i think that's so cute that he described her that way
1: <laughs> i know it's pretty uh pretty r- r- spot on <laughs> uh, romero says she is no longer involved abernathy asks if he killed her and romero says let's just say it's been handled abernathy asked if the bag is for him and romero said he thought they should talk first abernathy says about what romero says that if he is going to run a business in his town he should know about it Abernathy says he was running a business. It's past tense now. Romero says maybe that doesn't have to be the case. He had the wrong partners. Abernathy asks Romero how he got his money. Romero says this is what you need to understand. This is my town. If you want to keep your business here, you have to go through me and make a new deal. 50-50. Abernathy says that is more than Summers and Shelby made combined. Romero says that is because they were idiots. (laughs) And this whole time it keeps cutting to Norma
0: and she's like, Got her gun up and she's like pointing at. One. Oh, I was so mad the first time I saw this. I thought, uh, like, you have got to be kidding me, Norman. <laughs> Norman. I know.
1: She still uh, just thinks that she can handle this. I mean, yeah, she's like pointing the gun at Romero and then back at Abernathy, And it's just like, oh, man.
0: Now, while I was falling, I was falling for Romano being Romero being um, a big bad at this point. I was too. The they had me hook, line, and sinker, but still, the thought of her like trying to shoot one of them and missing, and what that would do for what was going on, was just killing me. I was so mad.
1: I know, I know. She, Her decisions are just so crazy.
0: Just um, sit there, you're hiding, watch it play out.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. You've got a
0: gun if you need it. But stop it. Anyway...
1: Yeah. Um, but no I was buying it too I really thought Romero was trying to make a deal with Abernathy Yeah. Um,
0: I thought well he is the big bad what do you know
1: yep yeah, exactly <laughs> um, yeah so Romero says that his previous partners were idiots Romero says going forward he's going to make all the decisions and he says he has a cell number on a card in the bag and he tosses the bag at Abernathy's feet Abernathy reaches down to pick it up and Romero shoots him three or four times and Abernathy falls in the water. Romero picks up the Delphi bag and says, not in my town, you piece of shit. And he throws the bag into the water. Then he says, you can go home now, Norma. <laughs> <laughs> and she just immediately pops up from behind her hiding place. Oh. <laughs> she just pops up like a prayer dog. <laughs> um... So she gets out of her riding place, and she yells that she almost shot him, and he says, when I say trust me,
0: trust me. Oh, I swear, from the time he, after he tosses the bag and starts shooting Abernathy until the end of the scene, I could not possibly love that character more.
1: Nope.
0: Nope. He just, he has me now. That was amazing.
1: It was. And I love that he threw the money into the water. I, yeah. You know, he won't even, he just wants nothing to do with any of that. And I,
0: yeah, that was- I don't know if I mentioned it on in the spoiler section before, but I did read an article where Nestor Carbonell was um, being interviewed and he, you know, he says about his character, he's like, he's not above a little dirty money and stuff, but He's got limits and taking money that was used for a sex trade operation is something that he morally just will not do. And that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You did mention that in the spoilers a couple. Okay.
0: Well now if you were avoiding spoilers. (laughs) Yeah. Now you've heard it.
1: Yeah. I thought it was great. I just thought the way he played it and man, he had Abernathy hook too. Abernathy. Oh yeah.
0: He's awesome. He wasn't wearing his sheriff uniform, right? No. Okay.
1: No, but I would think when he says he's Alex Romero, I would think that Abernathy probably knew, oh, this is the sheriff.
0: Yeah, and, you know, he should already know who he is. Maybe I'm giving Abernathy too credit of being a smart criminal, but he seems like he is, and a smart criminal would certainly know the sheriff in the town he's running a sex ring operation by sight. You
1: would. Think so, but he doesn't seem to know. He doesn't soon, seem to. As soon as he gets out of the car, he's like, "Who are you?"
0: Yeah, I just I don't think he is the amazing, smart. You know, I, he comes across that way. He, you know, he gets Shelby's body into her bed. He's pretty menacing, but he must not be the real amazing no criminal that he comes across.
1: Menacing to me. Doesn't mean smart. Well, I I guess not. So I think he was at least smarter than Keith and Shelby.
0: Right. But I think he's an idiot.
1: But that's like saying, you know, if two of you are being chased by a bear, you just have to outrun the other person. (laughs) Right. You know, so he was smarter than his two partners. So that kind of made him, you know, he's like, I'm top of the ladder. It's like, yeah, because you're working with two idiots. You know? Right. So, um, and then I just think the whole body thing, I think he must've, he had to have like pulled a gun or had some sort of blackmail on whoever was in charge of the cemetery or, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. He sure fell for Romero's. And I just, I think, I think he knew Romero by name, because when he says, I'm Alex Romero, I think he knew that, you know, because Romero's like, this is my town. You have to go through me. If he didn't know he was a sheriff, he'd be like, well, who the hell are you? You know, why are you? Yeah. You know, so. So, so yeah, no. way
0: to go, not knowing who the sheriff is in that tiny town. Dork.
1: I know. <laughs> I know.
0: Idiot. Well, he sailed his own fate. Because if, you know, he would have, if he would have been able to recognize him right away, it would have gone down a lot different. It would have been
1: a lot different. So
0: that yep. was his mistake.
1: Yep. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, that was just great. I love how Romero played it. I just love how that whole thing went down. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, I have a feeling from the last couple episodes, we are meant to just super love him. <laughs>
1: Right, right, and yeah, just in that interview I read a couple episodes ago, in the spoilers, there's going to be a lot more Romero and Norma capers. Yes, yay! (laughs) I (laughs) I couldn't be more thrilled. (laughs) Me neither. Yep, start shipping them. Call them Normero. (laughs) (laughs) Alex. Okay, so
0: moving on, moving on. I guess so. okay, so we are at Miss Watson's place. Norman and her are um well, she's cleaning Norman's eye, and she says he probably shouldn't tell anyone he was there, and he says not to worry. She says she's going to change her clothes, and then she will take him home. She changes with her door open, and Norman can see her in a mirror. He watches her, and suddenly Norma is sitting on the couch and says, what kind of grown woman invites a teenage boy into her house and changes her clothes where he can see her? He says, it's not what she's doing, and Norma says, of course it is. He says, she is trying to help him. Norma says, she's trying to seduce him. Norman says, that's not true, and Norma says, then why didn't she close her door? He says, because... And Norma says, because she knows you are watching. She wants you to see her body. She wants you to want her. Then she says, Norman, you know what you have to do. And it cuts to Norman running down the road in the rain. And Norma pulls up to the motel, and Norman runs right in front of her car. She gets out, and they hug. She sees blood on his face and asks what happened. And Norman says he doesn't know. He says Emma got upset and had to leave, and Miss Watson was going to give him a ride home, and the next thing he knows, he's running down the street alone trying to get home. Norma says it's okay, and they hug, and Norma says everything's okay now. He's home, and they are safe. She says, finally, everything is good. He says they should get out of the cold. She says, let's go build a fire, and he says that sounds perfect, and they walk off holding hands. The scene cuts to Miss Watson's place, and she's lying dead on the floor with her throat sliced open. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So Norma makes another appearance when Norman is feeling aroused. Would yep. You say. Um, so why didn't she with Bradley? Do you think there's just something about that relationship that's okay in his mind, or do you? What What do you think would happen around Emma? Same thing. I because Norma's don't, not disapproving uh, of Emma.
1: Right, but she was disapproving of. Bradley, so it is kind of odd that she didn't appear then. Um, Maybe it's just kind of a progressive thing.
0: I'm thinking that is probably the biggest part of it. Is it a progressive? um, Because the the first... Combined with him having a bad experience with sex, maybe? Yeah,
1: probably. Yeah, because so far, sex hasn't been a very good subject in his you know his mom gets raped he has a good night with Bradley but it ends up bad and then he finds out that night his mom had sex with her brother for a few years you know
0: right so and you know everybody knows that sleeping with your teacher is inappropriate. So there's a lot more inappropriateness than with Bradley. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. And I mean, the first time that Norma appears to him like that doesn't have anything to do with sex, isn't it? It's the belt. It's the belt. So
0: is this before or after Bradley? The belt. Mm hmm. I think it's before because she visits them in the hospital and nothing had happened between them yet.
1: Right, right. Right. So,
0: Hmm. no,
1: I think it's just a progression thing.
0: I agree. Totally. And the inappropriateness that he he knew in his head that it was inappropriate. And so maybe his mom showed up because of that.
1: Right. Well, he had to have because he is. He is his mom. I mean, she's not there. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> He's imagining her and what she would say. So he knows it's inappropriate.
0: Well, sure. Okay, yeah.
1: And. So. And it was inappropriate. I mean, Miss Watson was doing a terrible thing. You don't close your door.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. that She did orchestrate that. I can't see it any other way.
1: No. Nope. No, nope, definitely.
0: I think there's no, you know, no one could refute the fact that she is, you know, there's just been too many things up until this point that she's thinking about seducing him. and Right. And that is, yeah, you don't, you don't change and not shut your door <laughs> right Mirror or not, you know, exactly. if you're not trying something.
1: It, exactly.
0: It's and, very, very futable.
1: Right. Right. And we're going to say yesterday how people were talking about the blood on Norman when he gets home.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I just said that. Okay.
1: Cause that's just his own blood, his, his right? His own blood.
0: I noticed that when I was yeah. watching. Yeah. Okay. Thought, mm, no, there's not blood on him. I thought he was covered in blood or a little bit at least.
1: Yeah, cause I was looking, and it looks like it's just blood on his nose. Like, you know, Miss Watson cleaned it up, but it started bleeding again. Probably when he was running and stuff.
0: So. But Norma hugging him and all of that—it's okay. She knows that something really bad happened. Right. Even though he. Just knowing that he was in Miss Watson's car, or at least she was going to give him a ride home, and he blacked out.
1: Yeah, when do you think... So, he tells Norma that he remembers Emma getting upset and leaving, and then Miss Watson was going to give him a ride home. So, was it the punch from Twilight that like really put him into his
0: fugue? state because, but he, w- he was not, I, it it's kind interesting. Of it seems like he loses a little before he gets into the fugue state. When he comes back, it seems like a little is missing in between when he actually goes into one. It's like, he loses a little bit of short term memory before it. Right. So he didn't, you know, talking to her, he didn't act, he didn't talk monotone or, have a really weird look in his eye we're, right he's they he were seemed, talking in the car
1: right right he seemed kind of lucid and
0: he did so i'm thinking he just lost a little of that memory just because his brain does weird things
1: right right um but it's weird that he doesn't mention the that he got punched that's an easy way to explain his face You know, like oh, guy punched me. You know, but I don't know. Very interesting. And Miss Watson has been murdered.
0: Right now, Todd Vanderbeek that reviews this for the AV Club. He really liked this episode, probably more than any of the others. Um, Mm -hmm. He's, you know, he's not the biggest fan, but he feels like it could be shaping up to be a really good second season, and maybe they're leaving the little bumps that bothered him about season one behind, hopefully, except. His big complaint was not trusting the audience and showing the scene of Miss Watson dying dead. Um, and I can kind of see his point. How much more interesting would it be if it just left us without that scene? And they show that as the beginning of next season. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. He didn't trust his audience. We knew something really bad happened to her, but we have to see it. No, we didn't really need to see her lying there with her throat slit.
1: That's true because Norma telling him in the apartment, you knew, you know what you have to do now.
0: Oh yeah, and then to just see him running, and you know, then to see don't. him it, running, it, it, it and, would have been better. I agree. I don't think
1: I agree too. I, I I didn't think of it that way, but um, that would have been interesting because then he would have still had that conversation with Norma. I don't know. I. Miss Watson was taking me home, and next thing I know, I'm running down the road, you know? Yeah,
0: and think of, you know, the things we could have been thinking all this time about.
1: Oh, there could have Her been. fate. We knew
0: she, we knew she was dead. But...
1: Right, but if we didn't, we could have been like, okay, did they have sex? Did she rape them? Did... True, you're
0: right, true. You know, interesting. But you know what? That still could have happened.
1: That's true. I mean, we don't, we have no sense of time. Well, we know, you know what? He had to have been at Miss Watson's house for a while because Emma picked him up a little bit before eight. Oh. They were only at the dance.
0: They could not have been at the dance long.
1: Longer than maybe half an hour, if that. And then the doc thing we know happened at midnight.
0: Yeah, and Norman's home. Just coming home. He'll Just stop. coming
1: home at the 12, same
0: time. 12.30-ish at Probably the most.
1: I'd say we can put it at 12.30-ish. So, there's a good three, maybe even three and a half hours hmm. of time that we don't know what happened.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: He could have been running a long time. Oh, well, he was running, though. I guess he couldn't have been running forever.
1: I don't think he would have been running for three hours.
0: But <laughs> did he make it all the way home? I think so. I wonder how far away she lives.
1: I don't know. It looks like a pretty small town. I mean, mm-hmm. even if. Although, those look-
0: small country towns can be pretty spread out.
1: They can be pretty spread out. Um. But still, even if he had to run five miles, that's still only going to take him about less than an hour.
0: We know she picked him up at eight, or are we just guessing that's about what time you do a dance thing?
1: No, we know because before Norma tells him the story about what happened to her with her brother, she's like, what time is Emma picking Mm. you up? And he goes, any minute now, you know, the dance starts at 8, and that's when Norma looks at the clock, and it's like quarter to 8. And then he says it ends at midnight, and that's when she kind of starts hyperventilating. So we know Emma gets there by 8 o'clock. Okay.
0: Well, you know, we did miss some of the dance. It just cuts to them dancing in the middle of a slow dance. What if they were, you know, they could have been dancing for an hour, and he's been staring at her and... Just making her more and more upset, yeah. To where she finally snaps, and it wasn't just the one time we see him staring. Who knows? Yeah, I guess a I think bit. I think there is though quite a chunk of time. You're right. I, I don't know a, if it's a full three hours at Miss Watson's, but
1: yeah. But I think it's safe to say there's there is a chunk of time.
0: Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Definitely. I didn't think of that. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what what (laughs) will (laughs) happen. So, all right, well, what? Um, what?
0: Do you want to do deleted scenes or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Did you watch any from yesterday?
0: I did. So, and we've got plenty of deleted scenes for both. Um, Okay, now for Underwater, I think this is an alternate scene because it's Norman walking through the school halls and Miss Watson stops him and they pretty much have the exact same conversation about the short story where she tells him how brilliant it was about the man being... Um, burning from the inside and she mentions that she knows somebody that could get it published Mm -hmm. so it's the same thing they're just in a different place because the the scene that they keep was uh at the in her classroom wasn't
1: it uh like after class yeah i think so yeah when she's like kind of helping him edit
0: yeah this one was just no, it was before they edited. It was just, it was her first reaction to his story and that she should get it published. That he should get oh, it published. Oh. That she knew somebody.
1: And when she mentions his grades being so low, that was in the yeah. hallway. Yeah. Oh, it was
0: in the hallway? So yeah. why did they have this? <laughs> I don't
1: know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um, we just have a short little scene of Dylan preparing to go to the office with Bradley. She's not there, but he's like, getting you can tell he's i don't remember why i knew it was exactly what he was doing but he was i think he tells him he's got to go to the office for something but it's definitely in the night and norma sees him and asks him what he's doing and he's like oh i've just got to run to the office to do something and so it's just basically you see norma seeing him getting ready to go meet bradley to mm. check out her dad's office Um, Oh, and then there's a little scene of stoned Emma napping on the couch (laughs) at at the Bates' house. And Norma, just kind of lovingly and very motherly, kind of tucks her in, puts a blanket around her. And the room is dark, so you kind of get the impression that she kind of is... Sleeping she, off her high, put her walking stick down. and
1: <laughs> she, she had her toast and orange juice. <laughs>
0: yes. Crashed. <laughs> now she's, yeah. And Norma just, it was, I think it was just a little scene of seeing Norma act very tenderly towards her and tucking her in. and. hmm um, Okay, and then we have a very interesting scene where Norma is downtown and she sees a man across the street, smoking. And it's very, like, under a street light. he's He's got a fedora. It's very stylized. <laughs> she obviously thinks it's Abernathy. And she starts walking fast and keeps her eye on him, and he starts walking when she starts walking. But he's still across the street, so he's kind of, like, mimicking her pace and everything. Mm. And she passes one of those... Um, diners that kind of look like an old street car, like a old, really old, the old school style diner that's just all windows up front and they're kind of small. Right. And it's crowded and well lit and it's nighttime and she goes into it. Um, and this Abernathy guy crosses the street and is and walks past the diner really close to it. And she's just right at the window and he just kind of gives her a look and it's not Abernathy, but it's gotta be orchestrated by him because he kind of just like looks at her, but he just keeps walking. Mm -hmm. He doesn't wear glasses like Abernathy. I don't think, but Mm -hmm. anyway, it looked like a, just a scare tactic. They just another thing to get her all unsettled. But it was, Well, and then she's like that wasn't him. What's going on, you know? I'm crazy.
1: No, I would imagine that Abernathy probably did send someone to kind of follow her that whole day to make sure she didn't skip town.
0: Hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I feel like the guy was trying to pretend like he was Abernathy a little bit, but not really. Mhm. It it worked it probably worked exactly how they wanted it to. <laughs> He was able to follow her and she was able to get super spooked and then be like, is it my imagination? Cause right. that was just a stranger. <laughs> Cause okay. he didn't, he didn't look at her and like give her the eye or give her or point to her or anything. He just kind of looks at her, but he's got kind of a weird expression on his face. So it was easily something she could have talked herself out of it actually being anything at all.
1: Right. But I bet it was, I bet you anything. Oh yeah. That- It would
0: make sense to have someone kind of... Well, the fact that he was across the street smoking and has got his face hidden by this fedora and then she starts walking, he does, and the exact same speed. It was... Yeah. Right. Definitely.
1: Well, that's an interesting
0: scene. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now we go to the midnight scenes. Um, We see Dylan at he's at the veggie sorting plant (laughs) and Remo is there and he just goes seriously going to all that trouble to get into some girl's pants and Dylan denies doing any of that and well he just kind of denied he I think he's very convincingly I think he's attracted to her, but I think in his head at this point, he's like, that is not going to happen. I don't want to get into her pants. I'm just helping her. I think he's lying to himself a little bit, too. Right. Who knows what happens with Bradley in the next season, but...
1: uh, Right. No, I think...
0: I don't Uh, think he's meaning to seduce her. I don't think so, either. I think there's interest.
1: Well, sure, but I don't think he would... I don't think he's actively trying to pursue her either because no. I think he,
0: I think he looks at her as a little bit of gel bite and <laughs> Dylan's, I mean, and Norman's old girlfriend.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Most of him does not want anything to happen, but some of them does. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of talks about how she cried about wanting to get into the, get into her dad's office. And, and then he explains the letters they found and, so Remo explains that Jerry always did enjoy chasing Tail and that he was but he was very bad news. And Dylan was like, "So he was a jerk?" And Remo's like, "Yes." And then he's like, "Well, yes and no." The guys who worked under him loved him and would take a bullet for him, but at the end of the day, he just did what was good for Jerry Martin. And then Dylan asked if that's why he got burned, and Remo says it has something to do with the family he screwed over. And Gil didn't, Gil didn't share the details with him. And Dylan asks about B, and Remo said he just didn't keep track. And Remo then advises, um, even though Bradley's smoking hot, he does not want to break another. He does not want to break in another new boss, implying. You got to stay away from this guy's girl because your boss, the big guy, we don't know who that is, is uh, not going to like that. And he will get killed.
1: Wow. Really?
0: Yeah, big scene. Um,
1: huh, that's interesting. Because we do know that it's like two families who own all the pot fields.
0: Exactly. And... So we you know, we get a little although they took it out, but we get a little information that um it was over it was the other family perhaps that killed him. He this guy screwed over this other family and they're the ones that burned him, I guess. Hmm. And it's interesting, do it seems like we would know a little bit about this other family, don't you think? Could it be Twilight Guy's family?
1: Oh, could
0: be. Could it be Bee's family? She seems to be a loner, alone, you know, in this town. I just get the hint that she's just moved here to be a teacher. And it's right. kind of an innocent bystander, but something's going on, and Some, it, you know, it seems weird to bring in this other family and hint at them and have them be people we have no idea who they are.
1: Right, exactly. It could be, it could be Twilight's family because Bradley is his girlfriend,
0: and he's been a little weirdly controlling. Although you can pass it off for just being a teenage boy that's got the cutest, nicest girl in town. Right. And she actually did sleep with him. (laughs) He was right to be a little concerned, even at the beginning.
1: Right. Boy, that would be interesting if it is, and Bradley finds out that, like, Twilight's dad killed her dad or something. Yeah. You know?
0: Because, although, I don't know, she could have no knowledge about rivaling families. They could be like a little Romeo and Juliet and not even know it. Who knows? Yeah. It's interesting, could be pretty cool. Yep. Although I'm concerned they took that scene out.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is kind of, but I don't see how, I don't see any scene that they did keep in how it could have been chopped, you know. There's not a scene I can think of that I'm like, well, they could have just done without that
0: yeah. scene. Yeah. Well, A&E, it's the season finale. Give them a little more time.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Give them, them an have hour a super and a half. episode. Right.
0: We've got actually another pretty good scene that I wish they would have kept in. What's that? Well, it's coming in a second. There's one of um, Dylan talking to Bradley with Norman listening, just a little extended, um, you know, that part where Norman's listening in on their conversations. Um, Right. They're talking even a little more little kind of jokey. And she kind of, she just kind of says, yeah, you think you know your own dad. So they're kind of, I think they're breaching the subject of the B letters. Right. Um, anyway, and then, so I guess it wasn't joking. What was I, th- I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so it was probably a serious conversation. Okay. And I was writing this in the dark and my handwriting is pretty bad at this point. <laughs> okay, so... Okay, we get a little scene of Miss Watson seeing Norman at the dance, and she totally fawns over him, over them. He's standing next to Emma. It looks like just after they had walked in and are still standing there, kind of staring at Bradley and kind of... Well, it was my first dance. It kind of looked like that moment-ish. Oh, okay. Um, but Miss Watson comes by and tells Norman how good he looks, um, and tells them to come by and see her. She's working at the refreshments table. So um, he sees miss Watson at the dance. Um,
1: I figured she had to have been there cause she was wearing that nice dress. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I figured she was at the
0: dance, but it was interesting seeing a scene with her seeing him at the dance. Right. Um, okay. So this was the interesting scene. Dylan sees Norma in her room with the gun. So this was the, uh, time before the socks incident. Um, she explains about being scared and wanting, wanting to go meet Abernathy. And Dylan says, this is exactly why I didn't want you to... I didn't want you to have the gun. And he grabs it. And he takes out the bullets and tells her to let L- L- Romero handle it. And that... He will be home with her the whole time and that he's not going to move out. So basically, uh-huh. basically he's uh, just sees her with the gun again and how scared she is. And he's just like, Nope, this is why, you know, again, this is why I didn't want you to have a gun. And he grabs a gun from her and he takes the bullets out and, you know, he tells her that he's going to stay with her all night and that he'll be here the whole time and not to worry. You know, like rethinking. I'll do. Yeah, I'll take the gun. You know, we'll just. Right. here And then, yeah, and then he tells her that he's decided not to move out. He's going to stay here to help her with Norman and everything else. And she smiles and thanks him. And she says she's still taking the gun. So I don't know how she escapes him or. I was gonna say. So how did she end up at the docks? I don't know. That's probably yeah. why they took that scene out because they really just wanted her at the docks. So. But it was interesting of Dylan, you know, I guess they can just have him still at the house and we can just know that he decided not to move out because of everything that's going on.
1: Yeah. I was kind of wondering that actually when I was watching this episode, because like I noticed when he was kind of teaching her how to shoot, I'm like, well, he seems pretty healed from that gunshot wound. I wonder when he's going to move out.
0: Yeah. And, uh, His concern over Norman grows, and I'm sure it grows a lot more when, you know, starting next season with the Smith-Watson ordeal. Right. So, yeah, according to that, it sounds like he's decided to stay. Well, good. He and Norman are getting along, and Norman needs extra watching. (laughs) Yes. No, and
1: I I thought it was sweet, too, in the scene where... Norman and Dylan you know or when Dylan gives Norman the black socks and he's like mom's really stressed out take it easy on her you know that's kind of didn't Norman basically have that same conversation with Dylan a couple episodes ago yeah <laughs> you know <totally> <laughs> so so good to see well right on I want to see those deleted scenes
0: yeah you can borrow that anytime
1: so, uh... You need to watch
0: the, um... And we'll have to discuss it sometime. I'll have to re-watch it. Um... Maybe during the Psycho movie um, discussion at the end, I can talk about the... It was, it was almost like a comic-con panel, but it wasn't. But it's the same idea where people ask them questions and they've got, like, most of the cast sitting oh. in chairs. Oh, right on. It's about 30 minutes or so and it's cool it's a really nice little thing where the characters talk about their characters and stuff and
1: oh yeah i definitely want to see that
0: yeah but it'd be fun to discuss it a little bit especially before the second season starts yeah
1: is that part of the blu-ray set or
0: no just, i just had just... i just bought the regular dvd set
1: oh right on cool all right so what do you uh what do you rate this one
0: well, I've got to rate it above four point seven five. I'm gonna give it like a ooh, like a four point nine five. It's so close.
1: I'm giving it a flat out five. I thought it was yeah. a great episode. I I thought it wrapped up certain things very nicely, but then opened up some new stuff.
0: Yeah, we got a lot of interest. you know, great list hearing enormous backstory. Yeah, yeah. Just good to watch. It was, oh, the Romero scene. He gets a five out of five. Love that.
1: Five Romeros out of five (laughs) Romeros. Yes. (laughs) The Romero scale of Romeros.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That comes from a viewer's downstairs. They do a, Maggie Smith scale of Maggie Smith.
1: Because <laughs> that's Cause, the only way you can rate her is against herself. <laughs> right,
0: because you can rate her against all the other ones, be, or anybody else for that matter, because she, she's just on her own plane, so the Maggie Smith time. scale of Maggie Smith. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: um, yeah, I give it a five. Um, a five, I don't know.
0: I can't think of anything. Black Sox
1: <laughs> yeah have yeah, five pairs of black socks <laughs>
0: five pairs of white socks
1: <laughs> oh I love five screw you shitheads <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of that is my what the bit moment when she yeah
0: I did, I totally forgot about what the bit
1: <laughs> was that I just did... about what the bit Was that deleted scene that you saw? Was that during the day or was it a nighttime scene? The one where the guy is following
0: Norma? Mm. It was night because I remember specifically the diner looking very well lit up and I wouldn't have thought that if it was daytime. Oh, okay.
1: Because I was just wondering if maybe that was the same day that she yelled at that dude. Mm. Screw you, shithead. If if she had already seen the guy following her and that was what extra stressed her out. Anyway.
0: what day it could have been. So... I don't know when it happens.
1: Well, right on. I need to get going here. I got to go to work.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So. Well, if we want to have any pre-season two discussion, just a wrap-up thing, we'll just have to do it at the end of the Psycho Movie Podcast.
1: That's what I was thinking, yeah. So the next one we do, we're going to watch the original psycho movie with anthony
0: perkins and yeah and we don't have to go through the whole movie i think it's just it'd be fun to watch it and then just talk about oh hell no i'm not right
1: (laughs) i'm not going scene by scene on a movie
0: no we'll just (laughs) uh talk about our thoughts about seeing that right um after seeing Bates motel and maybe if we see anything that we're like oh my gosh i didn't think of that you know that's totally from the movie or
1: Right, like I am going to totally watch to see if there's a stuffed dog in the hotel office or <laughs> you know, or you know, just see if there's any like little Easter eggs.
0: Yeah, although it does seem that in the movie or in the in one interview I read of Carlton Hughes, they really aren't taking the movie as like their total canon for this show. Um mm-hmm. They're gonna keep a few liberties. Well, yeah, but I think
1: Carlton Cuse is also pretty good—a little Easter eggy stuff. Oh, absolutely!
0: He invented that, didn't he?
1: I think so. That's the first
0: time I ever heard of him for Lost. Lost
1: was the first time I ever heard that term. Yeah. So, you know,
0: we'll see. We'll see. I'll even after I watch it and try and find them for myself. I'll look on the internet see if there's anyone, if anyone's done anything like that. Right because i'm sure i i wouldn't i'm sure i could miss some of them <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> so all right well thanks for listening everybody yeah
0: no spoiler section this week but probably a few boopers
1: <laughs> <laughs> probably and and yeah if you uh want to watch the original psycho movie Right. Watch it and listen to our next episode. So,
0: Or we'll just watch it for you and tell you about it. <laughs> yep. So. Alrighty.
1: Alright. Well, I'll talk
0: to you later. Okay. See ya. Alright. Bye. Bye.
2: She in a dragon out the dead. Singing a mess. She snakes and let us flip the lid. I pops the cracker, snaps you in the head, naps you in the neck, kicks you in the teeth. Steel toe caps, takes all your credit cards. Get up, get the guns, get the eggs, get the flat in the face. In the face, the flat in the face Dance you fucker, dance you fucker Don't you dare, don't you dare Don't you flat in the face Take it with the love it's given Take it with the pinch of soul Take it to the tax now Let me back, let me back I promise to be good Don't look in the mirror at the face You don't recognize Help me call a doctor put me, put, me put me inside, put me inside Put me inside, put me inside Put me inside I keep
0: Without saying, but yeah, it was a good. It was um, it did look like an Emmy moment, but it also was deservedly so. Right, right. Her right. just telling that story was I, just top notch.
1: Yeah. Good. Now we know how she got that nasty scar.
0: Yeah, and Freddie Highmore. Good grief! Amazing.
1: He is a good actor.
2: He really is.
1: I know. It makes me want to watch the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory again.
0: Yeah, I want to watch it again too.
1: I'm a fan of that. I kind of I loved that. it. Yeah, I thought Johnny Depp I loved how he hated that TV kid, the Oh
0: yeah. Mumble, Mumbler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I really really enjoyed that movie.
1: And I'm a huge fan of the original, with Gene Wilder. That was sure. a childhood favorite of mine too, but
0: You can like them both.
1: You can like them both, people. One doesn't replace the other.
0: <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of remaking good movies just 'cause just to update them but that one was fun,
1: yeah, but I'm also yeah, but when they work, I don't mind it, and yeah i'm I also just don't I just don't put like preciousness to those movies either, and it's like just 'cause they make a new one doesn't mean the old one doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. You know, I mean...
0: I just, I look at things like a good example would be Let the Right One In. Just because it was foreign, we have to remake it American. It was a perfectly good movie. I guess, are there, there's probably enough people that just don't watch foreign movies or subtitled movies. and.
1: Yeah, it turns a lot of people off. I do hear that the American version was pretty good. I haven't seen it. I've only seen the The Swedish? I
0: think it's Swedish.
1: I've only seen the Swedish one. I haven't seen the American one. But I have heard people who really love the Swedish one are... The American one's pretty good, too. But... But, yeah. No, I mean, with foreign movies...
0: Yeah, and the uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, they redid those. Those were perfectly good.
1: I actually like the actress better in the American ones than the Swedish I've seen all three of the Swedish ones, or Danish, Swedish again, I think. Um, I think it is. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah. Yeah, yeah. because I've read the books too and yeah, it's in Sweden. But um, I kind of like the
0: Rooney Mara.
1: Rooney Mara. I kind of like her better. Huh. As
0: I haven't watched the American ones.
1: I've only seen the first one. I don't think the other two have come out yet.
0: Oh, really? Huh. I don't think so. Yeah, I guess and, not.
1: But, uh, and I like Daniel Craig better than the guy who plays the main guy, too.
0: Yeah, I suppose. I just, I don't know, I just think me. <laughs> yeah. I've already seen it. Why do I need to see it with different actors?
1: Yeah. True.
0: Anyways.
1: Anyway, okay. Okay. <laughs> Tangent. Um, so,
2: sorry.